First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. It's the two beer podcast time. Bienvenidos and welcome back to the two beers podcast, pod of the everyman. I'm Jordan, here with my boy Drew. Drew. How's it going? I've had better days, Jordan. I've had better days. Oh, uh, life of a Sixers fan. I'm even I'm even calling you by your full government. That's how bad it is. Yeah, seriously. Um, hey, before we jump into anything, I did want to just mention our Twitter handle to everyone. You know, hit us up on Twitter. We love fan interaction. We love interacting with randos. If we interact with you on Twitter, come on and listen to us. Um, you know, we're just the more the merrier. Um, we're at the number two beers podcast on Twitter. And the email is twobeerspod at gmail.com. So, hey, give us your thoughts on anything. You know, well, let's just mix it up. Pod of the everyman. Let's do it. Um, but without getting more into your sorrows, why don't we, um, why don't we just do the two brew salute? Maybe that'll actually help your sorrows. I don't know. You heard me last night after like the seven bloom, the seven Bruce salute. Let's oh, get into it. All right. <laughs> positions. Three, two, one. All right. Um, I have a Surly Brewing Company. This is called Axeman IPA. Seven point two percent. Where is Surly out of? I don't know. Brooklyn, Minnesota. Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Minnesota, Minneapolis. All right. Mmm, mmm. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Dank, hoppy, loud is what it says on the can, and there's like skulls, with like axes. Yeah, I like it. Like it. All right, what you got? Going a big wave, man. I'm riding this. Riding the wave. You like that one? Yeah, man, it's actually pretty good. I uh, I tried it for the first time when I was out in Jersey City a couple weeks ago. Recommendation, my boy Mike Quinn, friend of the pod. Uh, he uh, he got me into it, and I've been doing it. Nice, good. Look at you branching out. Yeah, man. You know, trying to keep it keep it going. Nice. Okay. Well, first order of business is the uh, was was the free Shakur Stevenson fight from la- from last Saturday. It was on ESPN. Um. Well, what do you want to talk about about first? Uh, <laughs> I thought it was kind of hilarious. I don't know. It, yeah, I think he's cer- the same wavelength. He's, 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 he's cer- he certainly didn't disappoint uh, when we uh, – the funniest part about the fight and the most interesting was as soon as it ended, you and I were both like, well, pretty sure it's not going to take him very long to get on Twitter. Because, listen, we, I, I love Shakur. You're a Shakur fan. Um but I mean, he is like sensitive Sally on Twitter sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like he he always acts like he's disrespected and this that and the other thing. It's like, dude, like relax. You're like you're on like everyone's like you're at the top like two or three of everyone's top like twenty five out of twenty five fighters. It, it's just kind of funny to me. I'm like, sure, you're really good. Like, don't worry about it, man. Um, yeah, you know, the fight was the fight. He I mean he pitched a shutout, right? I mean, he didn't lose Absolute a round. Absolute shutout. Like, no I mean, question. They, uh, I, I, I can't. 
uh, Takali. I, I forget what the guy's name is already. Yeah, yeah Noctali or Noctali. Yeah, tooth, yeah, toothpick legs is what I'm gonna call him. Yeah. Um, he he landed like one. He was landing like 1.6 punches per round, and then there was yeah. one. There was run around where somehow he landed seven. And like I, I almost, yeah. I, I almost wanted to give him the round just because he landed more than one punch. Yeah. Uh, and the big, you know, the big criticism of Shakur coming out of the fight was. That he didn't, he didn't look to end that guy early, and put him out. Uh, Tim Bradley wasn't shy about saying he was falling asleep during the fight. Like, yeah. He was disappointed. I, Andre Ward's had the best. And I, I don't know why guys are crushing this. The ESPN commentating team. I, I love these guys. I, I think all three of them are great. But you know, Andre Ward was like, listen, I'm not. It, I'm not saying that Shakur needs to stop him needs to do this he's like he's saying Shakur is good enough to where he can smartly take this guy out in the seventh eighth round of a fight and not have to go the different guy have to go the distance that's what he was trying to say it's like he doesn't it's not that he needs to put himself in danger kind of like what Haney did like Haney was more than happy to put himself in the line of fire against Linares uh this guy <laughs> How this guy's won twenty one fights, I don't even know. He he is like I think he all of his fights were like in Africa. I don't think he uh, fought okay. anybody like, like in the international stage. Oh, gotcha. Okay, like like his legs were shaking anytime he walked. Like I was like, is this guy nervous? Like what's happening? Yeah, uh, he did not have any stability. Anytime Shakur no. landed like more than two more than one punch, the guys was like stumbling, and Shakur just never came in for for the kill. Um, man, I have a lot of different thoughts on it. I mean. Okay, he pitched a shot out and knocked him down. Firstly, the ref was terrible. Like, how bad Oh, the, the feet ref? thing. I almost, I almost forgot. I, that's how depressed I am right now. I forgot about the feet thing and how ridiculous that was. Yeah, so the ref was, like, yelling at them to stop, like, stepping on each other. But it was an orthodox fighter versus a southpaw fighter. So, like, their feet, like, the battle of the front foot is just, that's a thing. Like, yeah. it's going to happen. And he just... The ref kept yelling them at. I don't even know who he was yelling at, and he was just like, "Watch the feet. I'm gonna cause take a point." And it's like, from who? Like, what are you talking about? And then, so that was ridiculous. But then Shakur knocked him down two other times that the ref called slips for some reason. Um, they were check yeah, hook, the, they were check the, hooks. Yeah, the first one definitely was a knockdown. The second one, I, I didn't really get a good look I at the replay. I thought the third one was, wor- was worse than the first one. Oh, really? Oh, I, I, I mean, it was I, more clear. The, the first one, I mean, he, he totally hit him as he was going down. I, I uh, Yeah. Regardless, yeah, the officiating. That's probably the worst so, officiating. That's probably the worst officiating that I've seen since uh, Lomachenko Salido, where Salido was just punching him in the balls every round, and, like, they weren't calling anything. And that was just oh, from a lack, and that. and that was just a lack of under officiating. Whereas this was just way too much officiating. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And um, I also didn't understand they're in Vegas. Like I don't know why they didn't review any of those because they have the re- they have the replay review oh, yeah. rule in Vegas. Yeah, I, I don't know, just because it probably didn't matter. And so again, it was like I wanted to see. Obviously, like Shakur, I thought he should have like pressed the issue and like tried to take take Nathali or whatever his name was out to toothpick legs but like are, aren't we splitting hairs when he just pitches an absolute shutout like he not everybody's a knockout artist yeah um, i i thought I, I thought people that were getting on him but i mean that's boxing twitter like who cares like yeah, okay exactly. like, that's 
it is it is casuals that yeah all of us guys who watch it every week tell our friends hey we really like this guy he's really good so they they tune in and want to see a knockout and that's just not what Shakur is doing. Yeah, and the only th- the only thing I didn't like was his comment about what did he say? How? Yeah, so, well, that's what I was going to go next. Oh, go ahead, so sorry. When I, no, that was fine because when I, I I was saying I you know I have a lot of different emotions about or thoughts about this, but like, so I'm like you know I'm like a little bit sticking up for him, but then he, he so <laughs> as you pointed out, he immediately goes to Twitter. Wait, wait well, first let me back it up here. ESPN immediately, as soon as the fight's over, throws it onto the app. And we're just it, it's, like, it's so frustrating. It's like, what are you guys doing? Like, can you at least show the interviews of the fighters after the fight? Like, wh- immediately to the app. So I'm like scrambling, like trying to get my Roku going and stuff and like trying to switch over. I'm like, what? You know, I thought they just went to a commercial break and then they came back and it was Sports Center. You know, hour one of nine straight hours of Sports Center. And, and I'm just like, where the, where's the fight? Like, so it's like I'm scrambling to get on the Roku to to see the interviews. I I missed Shakur interview, but uh, yeah, we we texted each other and tweeted out like, oh, I, you you know he's gonna be all over Twitter it, within within like 12 minutes. The guy was on Twitter. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't feel good. I, I should have you know pressed it more. Da, da 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 da. And then he's saying, oh, he was. I think in, it was in the interview, which I missed, that he was like, oh, the guy was real scary. Every time I would come in, you know, he, he had that big power. And I was just, you know, I, I would every time I would come in, I would get hit, and I didn't like it. And it was just like, yeah, dude, what, you got hit with one or two punches. Like, you, you didn't get hit. So, like, if that's your version of getting hit, like, how are you going to hold up against someone who's good? Like, that's the part that concerns me. So, like... If that's his version of getting hit, that's scary. Like he used the word "scary" and getting didn't like didn't feel good getting hit or whatever it was. And it was just like, dude, uh, like you're playing a different sport than everyone else right now. Like, what yeah. the hell? Um, yeah, and it's uh, you know, sometimes like if you wanna if if you wanna give good shots, you gotta be willing to take good shots. Like it just was, is what it is. So. I mean, again, and he, he, the guy pitched pitched a shutout against this dude, like he like he should have. Uh, I I still can't get over this guy's like leg shaking at all, like the entire fight. I, I, <laughs> like so his upper absurd. body looked fine, and his his lower body just looked like toothpicks. It was absurd. So I'm so odd. So you odd, know, man. from there, I mean, who who's he gonna fight next? Do you think? Uh, it gotta be Herring, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Valdez is in. Uh, Valdez is gonna pick a voluntary, which is just uh, whatever. This is like uh, way to kill the momentum in boxing. Sometimes um, he well, just you know resigned, what? and he just resigned with top rank today. Oh, did he? Yeah, Valdez. Did. Oh, wow. Uh, so we're gonna, so yeah. So it only makes sense that we're gonna get Shakur and uh, and Herring. I'll be really curious to see how that fight goes because Shakur is far superior than than Herring's skill, like just technical skill wise. But I mean, Herring's. Herring's not going to do what that guy just did. Like he's he's yeah. going to be willing to get in there and take shots and get hit. And is I guess you know is is Shakur not going to want to get hit? I don't I know. know. Yeah, I know, I know. And 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 ever and everyone's analysis is oh well, Shakur's more of a counter puncher anyway. He could go into his defensive mode and and you know th- throw counters and be more in rhythm. And I'm just like, okay, but what's he going to do when he gets hit? Like you can't you can't dodge everything. Like even yeah. even. Even if 
you know, say this, so this guy was landing one or two around. Say this guy lands, or say say Herring lands like ten around, which is still low, but like or like eight around. You know, what pick a number, but like <laughs> that's a lot more. Yeah. Um, uh, so and what, I, well, what's what's interesting about that? What will we'll be interesting about that fight is that like him, Herring, and like Crawford. Like I don't know if I don't know if he's like great friends with uh, Jermel, but like they all like trade and hang out together. So that'll, uh, yeah. be, that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, yeah, all the, like, nastiness that you typically see for a big fight, you wonder if that'll come out. But Well, Shakur but, keeps, like, trashing him and saying, like, he like Jamel, Jamel can't beat me, like, he's not good enough. And Herring, Herring, Herring was off. Did you see Herring's interview after the fight when they put it on the app? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, he was, uh, Yes, he, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, he was basically. I, I love that guy. He, oh yeah, yeah, former so marine. Earth. Yeah, he just laughed it off. He's like, "Yeah, it's cool. I don't need to say those things. We're gonna see what happens when we get in the ring. I've been, uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen a lot worse than uh, someone just talking trash. <laughs> so it was yeah, kind of, yeah, it was kind of fun. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not about all these other guys just blowing smoke. Let's just get in the ring and settle yeah. it and see what happens." <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, he, dude, he's, he's, I love that guy." Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I, I'll, it, it, it'll be tough because I like them both. Uh, to see who I'll be rooting for in that fight, but um, I, I good point though on killing the momentum in boxing, just because like you know I, w- I was last week I was saying how you know all those celebrity fights don't really hurt boxing or whatever that crap where ESPN has a great fighter they give it away for free the guy underwhelms and then they immediately throw it on the app for all the post fight stuff like. That hurts boxing. Like that's stupid. Yeah, well, especially because like the post game analysis those guys had, like, but post game, post fight, like you want your guys that are watching it for free on ESPN to like maybe hear some of that to understand like what Shakur's doing because because now they they might have just watched that and been like, oh, this guy sucks. He's boring. I'm not gonna watch him again. But like they don't understand the interest intricacies of what he is doing in the ring. So. I don't know. I, I don't understand why they don't put. I I can I can only imagine what ESPN pays top rank to. Just, yeah, can ESPN take boxing seriously? Like that's just is that put it on ESPN two? Even just put it on ESPN two. Yeah. Like why does it go on the app? Yeah, I don't know. I, I dude, it's it's so annoying. So it's awful. frustrating. Frustrating stuff. Well, speaking of ESPN giving away free boxing, which is is good. I mean, I think overall that's good for the sport. But you know, like you're you're kind of when when. The industry is kind of um, measured by pay-per-view buys, which good for T.O. To, to build that into his new contract that he's going to be able to get on pay-per-view because that's what this industry is measured by. But we have the monster back this week, Saturday In night. In a way. Na- oh, you, oh, can you pronounce his first name? Na- Niowa? No, I just no, watched I, a ha- I just watched a half-hour special. I should be able to. I should be able to pronounce it. Niowa, yeah. In a way, but. In a way. Um, the Japanese uh, fighter, nicknamed the Monster. Um, yeah, he he's fighting this guy De, De Marines um, or something. Um, in a way, he's twenty and zero with seventeen knockouts. Uh, this is a he has two of the belts at one eighteen. His goal is to unify. Bantamweight. Um, uh, yeah, bantamweight. Yeah. His goal is to unify, and he said he really has no interest in moving up or anything for right now. Um, which means he would have to go with um, what Pro Grace again, and then uh, and then um, the rematch with Daenerys. Nanito Daenerys, yeah, yeah. So uh, great fights at 118. This will not be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to I was about to use the Charles Barkley line that I love. I don't know much about the 
Deb, whatever the hell his name is. I just know, yeah, I know he's in trouble though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about him. He's uh, in trouble. Listen, yeah. so in a way, what's what's great about in a way is that get, get, cue the quote, Jo. How, how how the best the best description I've oh, heard of uh, this who, guy. What's the guy's name on Kriegel. Mark Kriegel. Kriegel. Yeah, he said that uh, in a way is the most efficient hunting machine in boxing. Yeah, and so we've talked about it, and you've said it a lot, Jo. A lot of times these like lighter guys at 122, 118, like they throw so many punches, but there's never there's never really any scare, a, th- a threat, to a hurt threat. The other. Yeah, not all like. Not only is in a way a threat, but he hunts you, and he's got he has. I say this loosely, he's got Mike Tyson knockout power for being 118 pounds. Like he's got power in his hands. Like when he when he's throwing, like when when you see some of these guys at those weight classes that are throwing, you know, 500 punches, they're they got they they're just landing good boxing punches because they don't have it this guy will rock you some of the this this the special they just had on espn today i love i'm just a sucker for these things i just love them uh it's 30 minutes i mean without you know if you go with no commercials it's probably 22 it's really good to learn about him so he doesn't really speak english so that's like the one barrier that's keeping him from being an absolute rock star one guy was basically like, if he could just learn how to say hi, he'd be a uh, <laughs> he'd be a megastar. Uh, and it was really cool because like the zone, like some the zone guys like were on it, and it was like cool to see the crossover with the ESPN. Um, okay, ESPN team. But yeah, dude, he's he's so good. He's so technically efficient. And what really just really makes him lethal when he lands those like power shots and those power counters, he's just got such great balance in his legs. Oh, good point. Dude, he's always he's just always got the perfect placement. And that's Square. where the power yeah. which yeah, that's I mean, I, I wish I knew how to do this as I'm what uh you know, as I'm sitting there hitting the heavy bag in my basement. Uh like he just always has his legs and his feet in just the right position so that he just he rocks you. And it's it's just so impressive. Uh yeah, and he's always coming forward. Like, you're not getting you're not getting a break with him. He's he's hunting yeah. you. He wants to take you out. A C- couple other quick notes. Uh, Dave Marinas is 32 and one, which kind of like raises your eyebrows. It's like maybe he's good. He ain't good. He didn't even fight in 2020. No. So he's coming off a of way ring rust. Um, he's got he's good. He's he's taller. He's got longer reach. He's rangy. It won't matter. There. It's not gonna matter. That won't matter. Yeah, it um, won't matter. Inouye's last fight was against uh, Maloney, Maloney, who was kind of like a name that was like, "Oh crap! Like maybe this guy will give Inouye a fight." It was supposed to be a big fight, and Inouye put him on his ass in the sixth round, um, <sighs> knocked him out. Maloney was twenty-one and zero, uh, and, and starting to make a name for himself coming up. That was and, the uh, that, and that was uh, underneath your legs knockout. Yeah, where he yep. where he hit him and his he legs just completely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, um, so this fight's on ESPN, fight. ten o'clock for free, um, and the lines uh, they moved today. I, from what I wrote down, so let me grab my phone real quick. Um, oh, swipe the other way. Um, Inouye is minus twenty five hundred to win. Um, the over under in rounds, which is funny, uh, the over under in rounds is four and a half because when I was doing my research, I put prediction KO in the fourth. <laughs> so the over under is four, and it's mi- minus one twenty one to go over four and a half, and minus one ten to go under four and a half. He might Ooh. stop him in the second, like like. And and the only reason I say that is this guy hasn't fought in like so long. So I was gonna say he stops him in the fifth, but 
I'm interesting. Oh, look at that's that's hilarious. I'm a, I was at fourth, you were at fifth. But. Interesting, yeah. Well, I just I just also think that he he's just such a showman. He's gonna put on a show too. Like he's not gonna. I yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe not. So to stop him cold, he's minus seven fifteen. Uh, to win on the cards in a way is plus six hundred, and you don't have to worry about the rest of them. No, um, you certainly don't. Uh, and just quick shout out, Ma, uh, Malika Mayer, just for some women's boxing, is the undercard for this fight. So. Oh yeah, thanks. I, I did write that down. Yeah, Mikaela. Mikaela, sorry. Yeah, Mikhaila I mean obviously Ma- I I'm Mayer. I'm ignorant to women's boxing and need to be better, but give her a shout well, out. So. I thought you were gonna say you're ignorant to names. Well, that <laughs> <laughs> they don't they don't pay me to pronounce names. They don't pretty, they don't pay me to spell on this podcast. Everybody. Yeah, ju- junior lightweight. Uh, she she's supposed to be the real deal. Which I have to say, I've watched a, a handful of women's fights recently. Um, Katie Taylor, holy crap! Like she is the real deal. Michaela Mayer, everyone's talking her up like she's the real deal. So I, yeah, I, I got my eyes o- open for that one. I want to see how that plays out. Also on the undercard, Drew Dog Bay. Um, uh, this is he did fight in the bubble, and did well. And he's fighting this guy Adam Lopez. Um, Dog Bay's not a, a huge favorite. He's like minus one fifty or something. The other guy's like plus one fifty or something like that. So okay, that might be a little fight to uh to see there. But uh, Dog Bay was, um, you know, big big rise, and then uh got smacked down by our boy Loma. What Loma beat him right? Dog Bay? I don't think he ever fought him. Oh, I thought he was one of the ones that was uh, no Moss. No. no. Ah, damn it. I thought no. I had that. I think that was... Uh, I mean, Rigandow did that. Rigandow, Walters, I think it was Sosa, and I think Martinez. Ah, gotcha. Okay. I, think those, I think those were the four the four guys that he, he no Mossed. Um, it was definitely Walters. Walters was like insanely shocking and then ringing yeah. out not to well 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 we're gonna need a three-hour pod next week because of the fight but so we don't need to get into it <laughs> a separate pod a separate lomachenko pod oh gosh um uh, i'm so in such I, a dark place only the matrix can save me now <laughs> help me obi-wan <laughs> kenobi um oh you know what dog dog lost to navarate our other boy ah uh, okay makes sense yeah, that, that that was it. He lost twice to Nav- oh Navarrete is the only one to beat him. He lost twice to Navarrete in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, that's awesome. Uh, there's another good guy uh, fighting on Showtime, um, which I don't think that's a pay per view, right? That's I'm 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 still I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure that that's free because they always they always say Showtime pay per view, so. And it's not even keep going, but I'll check. I'm gonna check my cable right now. Okay. Um, to see so if that's a thing. Jamal Charlo of the Charlo brothers, who I guess are having a riff right now. That was weird. I, I still don't understand like what was going on with that, but yeah. So. So Charlo has one belt, um, which this one's at 160, right? Yes. He, this and now uh, yes, Jamal is the one who's trying to constantly. He is trying to build himself up big time to get a fight with Canelo. Yeah, he's trying to fight Canelo, and the one at 154 is trying to unify at 154. Yes, um, which comes in July or maybe August. Jamal, who we get this weekend, is facing Juan Mace- Montiel. Montiel, yeah, Montiel is 22 and four with 22 knockouts. Knockouts. Yes. So 
big time puncher. Jamal went the distance with, with the guy he fought last time. Um, and Jamal's thir- 31 and 0 with 22 knockouts. I don't know if I said that. Um, yeah, he, he fought some Russian, yeah, Deverinchenko guy. Um, look, I, I don't have a ton of analysis other than I am going to go – the, all the odds say Charlo will stop him. But I'm saying it happens late. I'm saying this guy will will land some. I, I feel like Jamal gets hit, um, which is not good when you're facing a, a, such a knockout guy. That being said, when he gets hit, he usually eats them. So I, I think he will stop this guy like in the 10th round. Yeah. and uh... This guy has been knocked out once before. Yeah, there and there's a really good Showtime special um, all access that they're doing with their fights now um, for this fight. So again, it's a half hour. Like if you don't have a half hour, uh, you need to rearrange your schedule, everybody. Um, it really goes. It goes more in depth on Charlo, obviously, because he's the big name. But you know, it looks at Montiel. Montiel's got some. Um, he's got fighters' blood in him. His great. His grandfather was a big time Mexican fighter. Uh, to your point, yeah, this guy the, Jamal's going to get hit. And the, the way this guy, this guy is typical Mexican fashion, he's going to come at him. Um, he's going to come straight forward. He's going to throw a lot of punches. You know, the way that you counter that, and we saw it, speaking of our boy Jamal Herring, the way that you counter a guy that's coming at you and trying to get on the inside to to take you out, jabs and check hooks. And I think, I think Charlo's got one of the best jabs in boxing, and he's got a lot of power in his hook. So I, I think, to your point, I think he's going to stop him. I think he's actually going to stop him in like the sixth round. Sixth round. Yeah. Um. Okay. And I I know I have that one somewhere too. It, it's gonna. It, 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 I I think it's gonna be re- very reminiscent of Tank versus Leo Santa Cruz. <laughs> Drew, Just, the over the under is five and a half. Killing it. I'm killing it. Oh, uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Which... But yeah. Add add twenty more pounds. Well, Tank maybe you don't need to, but add twenty more pounds to Tank and Leo Santa Cruz, and this is the fight you're gonna see. Yeah, I think it's just I think Char I think I think Charlo's gonna 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 start like he's gonna start the fight trying to get his timing down, and so when he starts throwing those jabs and keeps coming with that one two one two, he's gonna he's gonna try it one too many times and then Charlo's just gonna boom, hook, take him out. Minus five hundred to stop him, uh, and plus three seventy five to win on the cards. The sixth round is plus eight hundred. Um, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Um so um yeah. I, I, He's a really good listen, two, Charlo, two, good, Char- two good guys we get to see for not paying anything extra. Yeah. And so. Charlo's a really good for, for for whatever reason the Charlo brothers like they're like they're they're not really talked about a lot I don't think in boxing. Like I if really? I I don't think so. Like not as much as they should be for as how good they are. Like it's a, if for as much as Shakur freaks out on Twitter, people I think people talk about him more than these two guys. Um, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's because there's just not a lot of competition at 154 or 160. So yeah, I was gonna say there's exact. That's what I, I was gonna say. That's the, not, and like, so that's there's not yeah, a lot so, of action in their division. Yeah, so I mean they've been waiting. I mean Spence, Spence moving up's been like a possible fight with the other Charlo. Him moving up to maybe fight Canelo, Triple G. Like, they just got to get the big names in there. Um, but yeah, the Showtime special was cool. Yeah, like the Showtime special talked about a rift because of their last, like the last time these guys fought uh, was on like a, a joint pay per view. Jermall started it, it was the opener, and then Jermell was the closer. I don't know, maybe maybe that caused the rift because one guy wanted to go last and the other guy had to go first. They didn't really explain what what like the problem was between those two, but. 
they seem to be taking pictures and trading together uh, the last couple of days, so maybe it's fixed. Okay, gotcha. Uh, um, so is this one? Um, yeah, this undercard. I don't. I don't really care much. It's about not very good. Um, no, it's not very good. But what is? Uh, I'm looking here. I'm on the Showtime website. I don't see that it's going to be cost any extra other than being normal Showtime. Yeah. So what's it going to be? Ten o'clock to start. Uh, nine p.m. The main card starts. They might not go until okay. like eleven or something. Okay. Yeah, but th I'm sure they'll compete. We might have to flick back and forth or whatever. I'm gonna be on vacation, so I don't even know what kind of screens I'm gonna have available, but I'll figure it out. It was yeah. Well, it was interesting. Or, or sorry, do you, do you have anything no, else on it. that? Yeah. Um, I don't even know if you had this on the list for to talk about, but uh, there was supposed to be a third fight this weekend. Yes, there was. There was supposed T to be another fight. Tiafimo Lopez was supposed to defend his four belts at 135 against George Cambosis, the Triller fight, and Tio tested positive for COVID-19 early this week, so the fight is getting delayed until August. Uh, I actually was really, I, I wasn't I obviously I wasn't going to pay to watch watch him. I, I think I was going to. I just I. I just don't like his dad. I don't care. Like I don't I, like his dad either. I just like sitting there saying they're going to get two million pay per view buys. They're going to do better than like Mayweather Paul. I'm like, dude, you're just an asshole. Like, why do you why do you say shit like that? Like, you're I, he just yeah, that wasn't going to happen. Um, no, it definitely wasn't. I thought it was. It, it sucks. Like you know, I know Tio's yeah, got asthma. Buddy, buddy with our boy Dan Connaboat. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And Cop Coppinger's uh, trying to latch on to the new young stars, and he's all about it too. But uh, and I like Tio. I just. Again, I mean, it sucks he beat our guy, but, like, I just can't stand his stupid dad. Um, and, uh, you know, I, again, it sucks, like, you know, it sucks that he, he tested positive. I, I didn't I didn't get his messaging that he was like, oh, I'm, I'm doing what's best for the fight. Like, they weren't going to let him fight. Like, I don't, under, I, I don't understand. Your what choice, he, yeah, he was kind of acting. Like, I don't understand, like, how he was acting. He was like, oh, he's, he's tested positive, he's symptomatic, but he's doing the right thing. I'm just like... What's he doing? Like, he's not fighting. Like, like they're they're not going to put a guy with COVID nineteen in the ring. Like, are they? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think like, nobody responded. I was not dealer's choice. Once you I was, I was, bud. I, 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 I tweeted that um, under the message. I was really hoping that like some To supporters would start coming at me because I, I just wanted to understand what like he meant by that. I was just like, okay, dude. Like, yeah, you're not going to fight. Okay, cool. Um, I was. It was interesting because I did ask. Uh, I forget who it was on Twitter, but someone that one of the bigger guys. When they listed out the three fights, I was I asked which one which one do you think is going to get the most views, and they they actually said they thought Inouye would get the most views. So yeah, I, I thought, agree with that because it's, I mean it's on ESPN, it's for free, and <laughs> I mean every time ESPN puts a big name on for free, they get like two million people that watch. Like it's it's a big deal. Like I just I just looked it up. I think Shakur was. He got like, nine hundred thousand. He got nine hundred thousand. Was it a million? Yeah, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, close to a million. Yeah, so eight hundred to nine hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah, but that's all. Um, we'll yeah, so we'll we'll come back. The only the only the only thing that kind of piques my interest here in Tio's fight getting delayed is that there's there's a he's put, he renewed his contract with Top Rank after all after all the nonsense and all the shit talk because obviously I don't know if it's because Triller there's rumors Triller's not paying their fighters or whatever's going on. Um, but he re-ups with top rank. They raised his minimum, and they were guaranteeing him uh, an ESPN Plus pay-per-view on October 2nd. That Now now that he's fighting in August, I don't know how he's making that October 2nd date. So, yeah, he probably um, won't, which is disappointing because um, he was either going to fight Josh Taylor or um, 
Haney or or Loma, Loma, Loma Chanka rematch. But now that, that, that date, had a lot of buzz until Tio came down with COVID. Now that that date's free, dude. I if if somehow they get the Garden, don't be surprised if you see Lomachenko Haney on that on that pay per view. October second. On October second. That would that would be awesome. We're going. I don't care where it is. What else? We, what we have to do? Lomachenko's we're, next fight. We're going. We. I could have went to this one except for my vacation conflicts. But we're going to the next Lomachenko fight. We're going. It's happening. Even if it's in Ukraine, I, and my passport has expired. But that's okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, awesome. All right. Um, I think that's it for boxing. Yeah, for boxing. Yeah, we're good. Sorry. I just. I. I, I didn't want to forget to you. No, you're you're good. Um. But let's let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Get all the bad juju out now. Um, Sixers brother, twenty six point lead. They absolutely farted away. Um, after after blowing an eighteen point lead after, earlier in game in the three. Se- yeah, yeah. So this series should already be sorry. Over, game so four. Yeah. Go go ahead and get it off your chest. This, uh, this is you know we've been doing the NBA catch and shoot. This is the NBA uh, ISO possession where we're, this is the only topic. Take whatever time you need to get your shot. Go ahead and go. Quick disclaimer. Everything I'm about to say is about these guys in the basketball court. This isn't them as human beings. Anything else. Understood. Go. Gutless cowards. Joel, I listen. I get you're playing on the tour meniscus, whatever it is. Zero in the fourth quarter of these last two games. Gutless coward. Don't sit there and talk about how you want to be the MVP, the defensive player of the year, this and that, and you have no impact on the game in the last five minutes. Like I, I've, I, I got, cr- I was trying to crush people on Twitter today that were giving Joel Embiid a pass because in three quarters he had 37 points, and in the fourth quarter he's a no show. The last five minutes of a game in the playoffs is winning time, and that is when your best player needs. We've been talking about this with Kawhi for like the last like two. Uh, what do you call it? Two series. Like that's winning time. That's when you're supposed to turn it on and say, "I don't care what the other team's doing. Give me the ball. Get out of my way. We're not losing this game." Ben Simmons. I I have defended Ben Simmons for years. I love this kid. I've been following him since high school. I call him my son. It's over. It's over. He's got to go. Not only, not only is he shooting 30%, I don't even care that he's shooting 30% from the free throw line. That doesn't even bother me. It's the fact that now he doesn't even want the ball because he's afraid to get fouled. Like, you're afraid to shoot. You don't want to, now you don't want to get fouled to go to the free throw line. My biggest fear for him, I've always said it, was that he's more concerned about being a celebrity and what the back of his basketball card looks like instead of being a winning player. Gutless coward. Tobias, man, I, I, He's been so good all year. So good. Four points in a must-win game, man. It's a shame to say like you shouldn't count his money if he's a max player. You can't do it, man. You can't have four points. Four points. And nobody's – like this isn't even a good defensive team. John Collins isn't a good defender. He's just an athletic dude. And he's bodying him. And he's he's making him look small. It's ridiculous. All three of them – Gutless cowards. The only the only guy that actually played well last night, and even though he didn't, you know, I mean, he didn't hit a he didn't hit a basket. And, oh, he did, and with two seconds left, was Seth Curry. And like, he's your fifth best player, so like, I can't even like hate on him. And he played great. I, I, 
I can't even understand what happened. And then Doc Rivers. Every I said this on our NBA preview. My biggest concern for the 76ers hiring Doc Rivers is this guy in the playoffs. Yeah, our 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 one buddy always looks on the bright side and tries to defend all these guys. And you know, when we hired Doc, he was like, "Oh man, that's a lot of winning." Doc Rivers does. Well, you know what else Doc Rivers does? He does a lot of choking. But forget the three one series losses that he's blown because he's blown three of them. There's only been thirteen of them in NBA history, and he's part of three of them, which is absurd. The last two postseasons, largest leads blown. Doc Rivers twenty six point lead. Doc Rivers, 21-point lead. Doc Rivers, 19-point lead. Rick Carlisle, 19-point lead. Doc Rivers, 18-point lead. We're, we're in the top five, and he's in four of them. Budenhauser, 17-point lead. Brad Stevens, 17-point lead. And the last, Doc Rivers, 16-point lead. This guy can't adjust during games. He doesn't know the right lineups to put in when things are going bad. He sticks with... I, 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 I just can't even get out of my head. And everyone thinks I'm overreacting when I say this. I, I might if, if they don't, they may, they may still win this series in seven games. I, I think they're gonna get blown out tomorrow night. I, I don't even, or tonight if you're listening to it, obviously in the morning. I don't know, I don't know how they go Friday into Atlanta. Night. Their their body language is terrible. Their confidence is shot. I, you know, everyone's shitting on them. Philadelphia radio was amazing today, except giving Joel a pass because that's what we do. Because he he like he embraces the city, so like we love him. Like you know, everyone defending him. Oh, he's playing hurt, injured. Carson Wentz was playing with a broken back, and we fucking we ran him out of town. But Joel like likes to play pickup in the city with like nerdy like you know kids, and uh, and we love not even kids like you know grown men and like ah oh, Joel's our guy. And I love Joel, but dude, like he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't come to play when they need him in the biggest moments. Um, and yeah, like I again, I, I think they're gonna lose by twenty tonight um, and Friday lose the series. Night. Yeah, yeah, Friday night. Maybe maybe they still win in seven, but I, I don't know how if they don't win the series. I don't know why you don't wouldn't consider trading everybody because if you if you didn't get to the if you couldn't get to the finals this year. When there's only three good teams in the East, and the East always sucks, but like there was only legitimately three teams that could get out there. One of them, as we saw the other night, is incredibly flawed from a coaching perspective, and maybe maybe even from the town. I don't want to I don't want to talk shit too much about the town because they they all played really well tonight, but like the Bucks, incredibly flawed, and the Sixers have no problem with them. And Brooklyn just and Brooklyn's down two guys. James Harden can't even jump or run. He stopped. In a, he had a fast break tonight, and he stopped. He stopped and went back. And went went five feet backwards to slow the game down because his ham his hamstring might pop. And you're not and and you're not going to get to the finals. Like, what are you going to do next? Like, Brooklyn's only going to get healthier, and then you're going to have roll like the the guys that usually like tag on and like you know go ring chasing. That's where they're going to go. Uh, you know, Milwaukee, like, they'll fire Bud and get somebody in here that knows what he's doing, and they're going to be better. Maybe Miami will probably be better because Pat Riley's always uh, star star searching. He'll get he'll get somebody in there. Like, this is the year. You're not going to do it. Even the West, Kawhi just, oh, I don't know, I don't want to I don't want to say he tore his ACL, but it certainly looks that way that they haven't announced anything yet. Like, who out, why? like, Utah's about, Utah might lose, and then the Clippers are going to be shorthanded, and all you're going to have to do is beat the Suns? Yeah. I, I can't, man. It, it's it's so depressing. And it, uh, let, let me just say it for you this way. They are one loss away from the process being over and being a failure. I, I don't even know. 
The only the only trade that would make sense. Some our my our buddy Lacey was t- was saying, oh, like maybe maybe uh maybe it's time to trade him for to for Damian Lillard. I'm like, why would why 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 would Portland trade Damian Go, Lillard Gof for Ben Simmons? That. Why would Damian? Well, oh, Gov too. Why why would Portland do that? Like maybe yeah, they would yeah. maybe they would maybe they would give you CJ and be like, okay, like we need to get better defensively and Dame can score. We don't need to worry about Ben doing any of that stuff. The only the only team that would make sense for both teams potentially is if the Warriors are just completely sick of Draymond's bullshit and they're like, you know what, like he's getting older, he's coming into the season out of shape too much. Let's maybe 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 we'll maybe we'll do a straight up trade of Ben Simmons and and Draymond because then Ben can just be a defensive guy and get open looks like open dunks because that's the only time he wants to go to the, shoot the ball is when he's wide open and dunking it from Clay and Steph. Other than that, like there's no trade that makes sense for any team to take on Simmons because you'd be taking him on to be a star, and obviously he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do that because he wants to. He wants to show that he's shooting over fifty percent from the field. Like, I don't know, man. Okay. I, All I, right. I don't um, know. Rant over. Yeah. Um, Rant's it's, over. It's bad. It is. Quick oh, shout out, uh, Paul George, man. No, it doesn't replace what's happened in the past. The playoff P and pandemic P talk is warranted, but that dude played his ass off last night without Kawhi in Utah. That's that's a guy that was like, I'm not I'm not letting us lose, and he didn't. Uh, that's what yep. I want from my that that's what I expect from my fucking guys to do that. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, we talked about the two for one. Durant went nuclear the other night. It was one of the greatest performances I've ever watched. Um. Yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna. I'm. I think. I think Utah's gonna lose tomorrow. It's gonna be nuts that the Clippers are gonna beat the Jazz. Yeah, good stuff. I I agree. Um, and pandemic P is finally gonna. Uh, uh, yeah, play, I hope playoff P. He's he's gonna get he's gonna get to the East or the Western Conference Finals. Oh, dude, and Chris and Chris Paul's out 14 days for COVID protocol. That's that's too. Crazy stuff happened. Yeah, and the Mavs uh Carlisle quit. Carlisle resigned and all kinds of stuff, so. Scotty Brooks of the Wizards. Not that, that means anything cuz he's a terrible coach, but yeah. <laughs> crazy. Crazy crazy 72 hours in the NBA, man. Yep. All right. I'm itching to get to the next thing. Sorry. Go. Go for it. Um all right, let's talk about the U.S. Open. Um, we we I, as we have been doing here with these majors, we forget to talk about them the week before, and then we the Thursday happens, and then we talk about them. So, um, let me get all my notes here. We're at Torrey Pines. Um, I gotta say, you know, I've never been out there. I I, I am hell bent on getting there in 2022. Um, holds a ple- special place for me and my family. Um, my my uncle who passed away of ALS in 1999. That was his home course. Um, you know he played there tons, and uh, he worked for San Diego Parks and Rec, so he had a lot of friends at the course and, and everything. And when he passed in '99, they planted a memorial tree um, in his memory. And you know I've seen pictures, and my sister and cousins and stuff have gone out and visited and sent pictures and everything. Um, I think my aunt has gone out, but, uh, when they had the open there in 08, 
you know, the I think it was the USGA, it may have been the PGA, I don't know, but they come in and they're like, all right, we need to move this tree here, and the locals are like, no, like we have two memorial trees on the course, that's one of them, you ain't moving the tree. So my my uncle's tree <laughs> stayed there, and um, he uh, the tree did die in uh, 2018, 2019, 2020, somewhere in there. Um, and uh, we just saw we we had a we used to have a memorial golf tournament in his honor, um, and his his friends from San Diego, the last one we had in 2019, came out to visit. Um, so that was really cool. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm watching this eyes wide open. Um, but the last time they were here, man, it was 08. Now, Drew, let me, let's take a trip down memory lane real quick. Um, this is the one where Tiger ended up winning it. Tiger had a broken leg and a torn ACL. This was yep. like the last one he won before the 2019 masters. But, um, he Rocco immediate actually roared, on on the final day to take the lead and tiger went with driver on the 18th and they were like oh why is he going driver hits it in the rough out of the rough puts it to i don't know 12 feet or so um and then sinks the putt for birdie to force a um playoff force a playoff which rocco media by the way uh pittsburgh guys from greensburg pa oh wow Um, yeah yeah so my dad has rooted for rocco media for literally decades now and like even on the senior tour my dad's like yeah Rocco this and Rocco that and I'm like I don't care about the senior tour I'm sorry anyway so uh so this is a tournament where they play an entire 18 on Monday Drew and so so Rocco and Tiger go to play the playoff the on Monday the full 18 Rocco birdies 13 14 and 15 to take a one-stroke lead he had a one-stroke lead into the 18th, and Tiger birdies 18 again. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. Uh, so they go to sudden death. They send them all the way back to the 7th, the 461-yard par 4 7th. And Rocco hits an errant tee shot and bogeys, and Tiger has a tap-in par for the win. Um, yeah, I remember you know, watching that. It was awesome. That was Tiger's 14th major victory. Um, and then, like I said, he didn't win again until the 2019 Masters. So, uh, just this, and this is only the second. They they play at Torrey Pines every year. This is only the second U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Um, you know, I wrote down my picks ahead of time, so I'm not going to cheat. Uh, all of my picks are way out of contention by now. They honestly, they're almost all in at the threat of not even making the cut. But I had Bryson. At fourteen to one, Morikawa at twenty-two to one, Zalatoris at forty to one, and Justin Rose at fifty-five to one. Um, Phil was forty-five to one. He's he's threatening to miss the cut, and John Rahm was ten to one. He was actually the favorite. Which, coming off of COVID nineteen, did did you see what happened to him two weeks ago? I did not. Oh my gosh! I meant I was so mad because I meant to bring this up, like. He was, I forget what tournament it was, but he was leading the tournament by like six or seven strokes. And it was the Saturday round. So it was round three. He's coming off the 18th, and they're like, he knew that he was around somebody that tested positive for COVID from the prior weekend at like some kind of party or something. So they were testing him every day. Apparently, I don't think he was vaccinated. Yeah, he was not vaccinated because PGA Tour said they would not test vaccinated players. 
So he was unvaccinated. He ended up being around someone who tested positive. They were testing him every day. And then on Saturday, his test came up positive. So I guess they let him finish for some reason. And as he was coming off the green, they were like, they like handed him a mask. They're like, you tested positive. And he like started crying. I mean, it was like 1.3 or 1.6 million to the winner or something like that. So he had to go into quarantine and everything. And, um, you know, everyone, you know, you got the, the Twitter trolls out there. Well, oh. Yeah, take your vaccine. Okay, whatever. You know, and it's just, yeah, man, the guy was so beat up over it. Um, they they pulled him from the tournament. Now, the here's the interesting part. There was a debate because there was people saying like, "Hey, it's golf. You're outside. You don't even have to be around anybody. Let him." People were saying, let, "Since he's in the lead, why don't you let him come back on Sunday?" And get out like a couple holes ahead of everybody, and carry his own bag, and just let him play around by himself out there, yeah. and, and and record his card. You know, have like a scorekeeper, like you know, stay like twenty yards behind him or whatever to make sure he doesn't cheat and all that. But like, and then it was a whole debate of like, oh, you can't change the rules, and then the debate of, well, they've changed the rules a lot of other times in sports for COVID on the fly. Like, do it for this one. I don't know what what was your. Do you have an opinion on if the, if they should have let him play that final round? Probably not. Not let him play. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think if you have it, you gotta just you know cut your losses. Yeah. Like what? Like what? Like what? Like what? What would happen if they let him play and say like he got and and again this is worst case. Say he like because of because of the of of the virus. Say he like went into like a respiratory attack on the course and, and like yeah. had something, something bad, like, and the, and that would look, they would pe- people, <laughs> people would criticize the, um, the PGA. For oh, it would play. be a disaster. Oh yeah. Absolute so it's like, what's disaster. there's, it's yeah. too much risk. Like, and even for his own personal health, it's like, don't like, cause uh, the athletes are, athletes are always going to choose to play. play. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you just got to take uh well, unless you're Derek Rose. Sure. Yeah, I, I just always take pot shots at Derrick Rose because he back in the, the Kane day comment. The Kane comment. Yeah. 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 I, anyway, go ahead. That's that's not that's not going to go over well since he's everybody's favorite player now. Apparently, um, yeah, I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just there's too much risk, and again, like it would it wouldn't even be that they were it would it wouldn't be that they were trying to let him do something that he wanted to do or this that it would be oh, like how how could you how could you endanger let his him life? Go out yeah, there. yeah, 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 yeah. So no, nah, it's not even worth it. But uh, out of curiosity, how's how's my pick doing? Brooksy, he's uh, he's doing well. He's minus minus two, I believe. He's right at, smack dab in the middle of contention. He's and he's limping around out there, dude. Good at, like, for him. At any point, are you just gonna just do what I do and just pick Kepka in these majors? Like every time. I mean, is it... <laughs> I'm in contention on the last day, pretty much every every single one of these. This well, just... I mean, not necessarily. He was 18 to one, so yeah, good for you, man. No, I I mean, I I go back and forth on liking Kepka and then hating him. Um, all yeah, the I know. Time. You think he's a jerk, so. Uh, the only other one I would say that. Um, that I was considering was Matt Wolf, who, um, you know, he's he's a bomber, dude. He bombs the ball. He's really good. He finished second last year at the U.S. Open. He's in the top Wheatfoot. 15, right? Yeah, and but he hasn't played in two months because of mental health issues. 
and like he just he just like is not happy and so like i saw a quote of his where he's like shout out to every professional athlete out there i don't know how you guys are doing this this shit is hard and and it's just like it's like damn but he's back he hasn't played in two months and he's right in contention and he was like oh where is it um he was he was like a lot uh he was paying out a lot. Where the frig? <laughs> Matthew Wood. Sorry. That was I, funny. Yeah, I, I don't have it. I thought I did. Uh, He's paying out like something like 100 to 1 or something like that. Cool. Yeah. But um. anyway, um, that's that's all I got on the U.S. Open, man. But I'm looking forward to it as per usual. It's It, it being on the West Coast, we get to watch it late at night, so that's funsies. Very funsies. All right. NASCAR pit stop. Ha. I am ready for the countdown whenever you are. Do we need the pa- I thought I thought you needed extra time this week. Well, I no, no I'm doing I'm doing my one. Uh, you yeah, okay. All right. That was I was I was going to come in with the ending ending salvo of uh requesting extra time for this, but it's okay. Oh, sorry. I uh Do my one minute and then and then I'll and then I'll get the extra bonus time. Okay. Go. Last week, Texas, all-star race. Confusing rules. I never know what the heck's going on. Kyle Larson stole it at the end off of my boy, Kozlowski. Kyle Larson just continues to freaking dominate. It's not a, It's not even fun anymore. But uh, this week, they're at Nashville. This is the first time they've been in Nashville in 10 years. Uh, the track is 1.33 miles, concrete oval. There's only three tracks that are concrete uh, medium banking of 14 degrees, so there's going to be some good racing. Carl Edwards used to dominate out here in his Ford. He's retired, so we're going with friggin' Larson. You have to pick him, plus 275. Truex, plus 650. Uh, and, and I'm going to wiggle in here Byron, well, William Byron at plus 1,200 and Logano at plus 1,300. Now, here's where I need the bonus time. 50 seconds. Nice. Here's where I need the bonus time. So, as I said, they haven't been to this track in 10 years. The last time they were at this track, they have this this pastor, Joe Nelms, because they, they do a prayer before, like, every NASCAR race. And this was the ultimate... I, I, I've never... Nobody's ever heard a prayer like this before, the invocation. It is the invocation to end all invocations. Oh, boy. I, I have the clip here. Buckle up. I, I want everybody to enjoy this. It's a minute 20. And it it is in its glory. You ready, Drew? Oh, I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise as our colors are presented by the United States Army Nashville Recruiting Battalion. Master remains standing for invocation delivered tonight by Joe Nelms, pastor of Family Baptist Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for all your blessings. You said in all things give thanks. So we want to thank you tonight for these mighty machines that you brought before us. Thank you for the Dodges and the Toyotas. Thank you for the Fords. And most of all, we thank you for Roush and Yates partnering to give us the power that we see before us tonight. Thank you for GM Performance Technology and the R07 engines. Thank you for Sunoco Racing Fuel and Goodyear tires that bring performance and power to the track. <laughs> my two children, Eli and Emma, or as we like to call them, the little E's. Lord, I pray you bless them. 
Is that Ricky Bobby? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. With with the prayer not not hurts of that that ilk since Ricky Bobby was, gave grace over those Domino's pizzas. Oh, my gosh. So my smoking boogity, hot boogity, boogity, boogity. Amen. There, So the announcer you there who has since retired, he used, at the beginning of every race, he would say, Boogity, 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 let's go racing, boys. So that's where that, that line comes in. But uh, So I, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, they got to bring this guy back. First time in 10 years, this is how they left it. So I did the research because that's what we do on this pod. And uh, this guy, I checked his Twitter account, uh, and somebody else, sure enough, asked him, like, hey, are you coming back to, for the invocation? And he said, no, they did not ask me to come back. I'm not doing it this year. So disappointing. CC Winans will be giving the invocation, which is kind of like the go-to gospel person of our era. Okay. Um, yeah, which, n- nothing against CC Winans, but oh my gosh, like... Joe Nelms, he he's he's out there, Pastor Joe Nelms. Which, by the way, Ian Nelms was the guy who did uh, Fat Man Drew. Oh so, really? Yeah. So I there I highly doubt they're related, but I'm definitely tweeting at both of these guys to see if they're related. I wonder. So. Oh, I thought you were saying they were related. I was gonna say that's pretty cool. They should be. That's awesome. If it is. So then, at the at the time, ten years ago. There were, you remember those Songify guys who they like made everything into like an auto tunes? Yeah. There. So so uh, I'll tweet it out. But th- that prayer they made that into a, like a, a auto tune song. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Good friggin' stuff. Can't, That's funny. Can't wait to see what happens in Nashville this weekend. Kyle Larson will probably dominate and ha- just ruin all the fun anyway. So whatever. He's uh he's been making you pay for trashing him. I know. After he lost that race and was like, eh, I don't care. Uh, anyway, a um, couple quick hitters before we get to the parlay. Um, MLB, um, we haven't talked about it at all since we gave our predictions. Um, and the only thing we wanted to touch on was, real quick, was so I guess the pitchers aren't allowed to use their like foreign substances, which they never were, but they're like cracking down on stuff that's kind of cheating, kind of not, like... So there was a great interview with Tyler Glass now saying how he used sunscreen and rosin because he was taught to, to hold the ball like an egg at the tips of his fingers. And now he's not using anything. So he was holding the ball super deep in his hands and tensing up all of his muscles. And now he's injured. And he's like, he's like that absolutely contributed to my injury because all my muscles are tense because I'm squeezing the hell out of the ball now. Hmm. Um and coincidentally, Jake DeGrom, uh, Jacob DeGrom, who is putting on a historic season, has been pulled from his last two starts. So it's kind of a mess. Like in the in, in Glassnow's thing was like, hey, in the middle of a season is when you're going to like implement this. Like we got to try and yeah, learn something new on the sense. fly. Like, so I, that's, I mean, look, I pitching is not a problem in this league right now. Like strikeouts are through the roof. Like I get home runs are like hope like home runs aren't even through the roof. Home runs are fine, but like for goodness sake, the strikeouts through and and batting averages are so low. Like that's, I mean, is that what they're trying to do? Like lower that? Guys, just they're uh, what is it? The hitch the the uh, the like loft the trajectory or whatever it is. Well, yeah, guys, they just swing it. It's the it hitter's everything. fault. It's not the pitcher. The pitchers haven't like figured out the cheat code. Like no, the hit the hitters are the ones who have changed their approach. Like. 
it's not like it's not yeah, like the, the the pitchers are all of a sudden like oh well the pitchers are using all these foreign substances that's why the hitters are no no the hitters are the ones who have changed their approach and so now like the hitter the pitchers are the ones getting injured over this i, I just think it's kind of stupid but yeah, I mean, I would just say I, the, the Mets, they they need to figure out what they're doing with DeGrom because that's like the golden goose. Like, they probably should, if he's, like, actually hurt, probably not just keep putting him back out there and pulling him early. Yeah. yeah, like, maybe just, like, sit him a couple couple starts. <laughs> Let him heal uh, up for a month yeah. or so. Uh, dude, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, just, just wanted to touch on that. Um, hockey, I, I don't have a lot to say right now. I've been watching a lot of the games. Fantastic games. Highly recommend watching them. Um, you know, you can go look up where, what the series are. Um, Islanders are hanging in. They're down 2-1 right now. They lost tonight 2-1. Um, great great stuff. Um, Vegas um, and Canadians have been going back and forth. It's really good games. Um, you know, so not, nothing crazy has, has, you know, mentionable has been going, going on with it, but um, if you like hockey, these are these are great games. Um, and then just to wrap out beer one, you you want to get into the parlay real quick? Well, I got I got one one off. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go for it. Eleven years ago today, Kobe Bryant and the La- L.A. Lakers beat the Boston Celtics in Game Seven to win his fifth championship. Thank God. Awesome. My I, I uh, that was that was the most stressful game. I've ever watched in my entire life. I was almost like pulling my hair out. As I remember. It was just so ugly, and Kobe was did not shoot the ball well for three quarters. But when it was winning time, he made shots because that's what the stars do. Um, what a game. The Between our test yelling Queensbridge for seven hours afterwards in the hallways and the Kobe, the best, I'll never forget it, in the post game. He just goes, when they asked him how he felt, this and that, and he goes... Well, I got one more in Shaq, and he does a little smirk. He's like, take that to the bank. It was awesome. <laughs> I've never – I think I stayed up till like, 5 a.m. Uh, watching all the stuff, and then I got I had to get up for 7.30 for a tea time. And I, rocked, <laughs> I, I, rocked, I rocked the most obnoxious purple polo that I had. I was so happy. I was like, It was like I won, I, I won game seven. I was so happy for him. <laughs> so I just wanted to hi- highlight it out. Nice. Rest in peace, Cobe. R.I.P. All right, um – so, uh, let's get into the parlay. Um, I we're going with Saturday games here. Um, and wait a minute. Okay. Oh, my app updated. So today is now Friday. So June nineteenth is Friday. Um, I'm gonna go with the over in the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Islanders game. Um, it might end up being you know the Islanders again out out on the co- in the Coliseum in their minds. Hey, if we don't win this, this could be the last game at the Coliseum. So um, I'm thinking there's going to be offense. So I, I'm going to go with I, and I expect the over under to be five and a half, and I, I'm going to go over that. So, but I don't actually have the number right now. But I'm going to go over. All right, I'm going to take in a way by stoppage, which I think was like minus seven fifteen. So. And looking did you, looking did, for the big win this week. Did you say the over under was uh was round five for Charlo? Uh no, for Charlo it was. Um Yeah, it was round five, wasn't it? Where'd it go? Five and a half. Yeah, yeah, five and a half. Uh since in a way by stoppage isn't that crazy, I kinda wanna take the over in that too. Really get silly. Over in that is minus one oh six. 
So you said the stop in the what did you say the sixth? Six. Yeah, I said the sixth. Under, but, my, I don't, but the the that the one round. I don't want to do the one round because that's obnoxious. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Let's roll the over. Let's roll the over. In addition, so is this a three teamer we're doing? Or? Yeah, because in a way, my stoppage is. I mean, over five and a half. Yeah, because I picked the tenth round, so that that's a joint pick over yeah, five and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And then in a way by stoppage and yeah. uh, my over in the hockey game. All right. All yeah, right. Let's roll Lock it. it in. Let's roll it. We hit the parlay two weeks ago and then um, missed it last week. So, um, you know. Anyway. What did I mess up? What did I mess up on? I don't remember. I, I don't remember. It was something that should have easily hit and it didn't. Oh, uh, I missed uh, the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Denver. Denver Suns over under. Missed by friggin'. Four lousy points. Yeah. 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 Might as well miss by 40. Yes. All right. Agreed. Assume positions for beer number two. Ready. Three, two, one. All right. I've been getting through this stack of Trogues Field Study IPA 6.2%. Go-to favorite. I mean, I'm, I may never be able to drink another Trogues again because I was wearing my Trogues hat last night during that debacle of a game. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking send, with the I'm sticking with the big wave. Send me ooh, that Surly's better than this. That's good to know. Send um, you all my nugget nectar. Yeah, send me all the Trogues gear. Oh, um, you should. Okay, um, real quick, um, touching on Silicon Valley. So yes, I, I I watched through six episodes last week, and I was like, ah, I'm not ready to yet. And then episodes seven and eight just knocked my socks off. They were so good. <laughs> I was cracking up. So and then, good. And then I blasted through season two. It was so funny. Um, it, this again, this is on HBO Go. HBO Max. Same thing. And I then, oh, I didn't know, I didn't realize they still had a HBO Go. Sorry, keep don't want to ruin your flow. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm watching on on my phone. Um, but like, again, it, it's just about these nerds trying to make this this app. I'm not not even this app. This this startup tech company work, uh, and just facing all these different crazy things about getting funded, and they have this real eccentric moron that's funding them, and um, it, it, then they gotta compete with like a giant tech company who is just bumbling their way to failure after failure, and it's it's hilarious. I it's it's juvenile. It's crude. But it's hilarious, and uh, that that T.J. Miller again. That's that's uh, Stainer. Um, he's great. He plays Ehrlich Bachman. All, all, all the everyone's casted perfectly in that show. Um, and you know, I didn't like take notes on episode by episode or anything like that. But it is great. It is Ru- fantastic. The, the the introduction of Russ Dine- Hannon. Dinesh and Gilfoyle. Everyone told me they're they're comedy gold, and they absolutely are comedy gold. Those two. Yeah, I was say the introduction of uh, Russ Hanneman, the uh, eccentric idiot funder that's got them now. That that scene is just an, an epic scene that is just quoted by people all the time. Yeah, he just yeah, goes in the is. house, this guy fucks, and then he just goes one by one. I want to know what kind of fucked up childhood this guy had. Uh, so good. Jin Yang is just <laughs> the, the, it's the most ridiculous character, but him and Bachman are just so good together. God damn it, Jin Yang. <laughs> no, that's not right. We don't burn trash in this country. What's about garbage? 
<laughs> uh, oh man, it's so great. And then, uh, yeah, Big Head and uh, who did he call a ferret in the final episode of season two? He didn't call him a ferret. The guy, his he, neighbor, he, had he called somebody a ferret. I, I oh, think, did he? Yeah, I forget who it was. Oh, I forget. I was like, wow, they're really overusing ferret, but okay. <laughs> um, it was hilarious. And the other scene, uh, I said my favorite, my favorite parts of season two were the ha- H- Hanneman's introduction, and um, when after after they they know they're going to get the funding from Raviga, so they basically tell all the other uh, VCs like in the worst ways to go f off, and then Raviga drops their funding, and they got to go back to them, and like everyone's like basically basically going on and on about how awful they were to them. And he goes, you told me right here in this office to go chortle my own balls, <laughs> or to chortle your balls, and now you want me to fund you? He's like, get out of my office. <laughs> your behavior was boorish and juvenile. <laughs> We're really happy to be in business with you guys. <laughs> Dude, it was so good. Uh, and I can't wait. I, I'm watching the first couple episodes of season three so that I can just experience some of it with you and know know the joy of just watching it again. It'd be like my, my, my fourth time watching the series. It's so good. I'm it, glad you I'm glad you got in. Yeah, I'll make some time. Uh, I'll be at the beach, uh, you know, so I'll make some time and watch a couple episodes, but it's really good. Uh, Jared, you just killed that guy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, cool. um, all right. Now the the meat and potatoes portion of beer two. Oh, bro. What? I I was I was I was laughing as you were going through, um. The uh, some of the U.S. Open stuff because it just it just broke that not broke but uh, AMC actually sent in uh, requests for Emmy nominations for all three of their shows. So like they. What 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 do you what do you imagine like the Emmy director is gonna do when he sees like nomination requests for Fear the Walking Dead and High School Musical? He should just crumble it up and throw <laughs> in the trash. Like, and not like how hard? Like out, outside outside of the respect for Lenny James, like how hard is this guy no, gonna no, laugh? I'll say this: the makeup crew uh, deserves. Uh, and I'll say this: let me let me get the good out. This is something good. Something good. The makeup crew in Fear the Walking Dead is is above and beyond anything it, it's the same makeup styles as, as walking dead and and the zombie uh prosthetics and everything they use above and beyond anything in any gore ever it's it's they're legendary um also the the bits the zombie bits that they do in fear of the walking dead are actually better than the walking dead um notably in this uh in the final episode when it starts out with his mother and a baby in in the middle of the zombie apocalypse, and she's in a car and the baby's crying and the tire goes flat, and she goes to change the tire, but apparently she doesn't know how to change a tire, and the tire falls on her or the car falls on her leg and snaps her, her shin. How about that bone sticking out? She tries to like walk, but she's clearly not going to make it, so she straps the baby to her back ties the dog to her and then kills herself because she knows as a zombie she'll be able to walk so the dog like basically pied pipers her to the nearest people with the baby uh attached to her back and gets her baby to safety like that that's absurd that is like 
That is honestly, like, well, that's such an awesome zombie bit. But like, and and there's like they do that crap throughout this entire series. So that's all I'm gonna say good about them. Yeah, I mean, besides the fact that like that leg would still snap even though she's a zombie, so like she would just be falling to the ground and crawling with that baby. Um, I don't really think just tying that handkerchief in her mouth would prevent her from biting anything. Yeah, I, I that look, look. Let's, that was let's the get, that was the least of the obnoxious. Yeah, let, let's get into this. Let's get into this because th- this is back a, half. Fear the Walking Dead. Six point eight called the door. This is the one where John Dory dies, and and Dakota obviously sucks, kills Ugh. him. Like, what was this the decision making to just kill like universally one of the most beloved characters? Like, what? Why? I I don't know. No I, and then they, again, I, at the time I was complaining because they introduce his daddy issues like out of the blue, and I'm like, okay, sure, like uh, I guess. Um, six point nine things left to do, and we kind of abruptly get like a like a Negan style lineup from from Virginia. Yeah. So we're just and like they're trying to recreate this just that abject fear that like the lineup had for Negan, but it's just kind of like. Okay, like how how's fear gonna screw this up this time? Um, and like, sure enough, like you know they all like the Rangers turn on Virginia, this and that, blah blah blah. Um, not even that bad of an episode, but it was just like such a weird thing that the bad guy um, loses, and then they got her in a cell, and that's where Morgan's like, no, we're not just gonna execute people, we're building something different here. And then June just shoots Virginia in the head. And I text... I, I think I either called or texted you. And I'm like, okay, now we start enforcing the rules. Now. That one didn't count, but now we enforce the rules. <laughs> like, like, she just murders her in the head and walks <sighs> off. I was like, okay, sure. Like, June has no consequences for just point blank executing somebody. Uh, whatever. She just took the ball and put it in the basket. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 like, I'm not even arguing with it other than, like, Morgan had just l- laid down the rules of, like, this is not what we do here. Bam. Okay, that one didn't count, but now that we don't mm, do that here. Yeah. Okay. 6.10, handle with care. This was the one with all about Daniel with the mental health issues, and he didn't know what he could hear or not. Um, This this. This episode was a total sideways movement of the plot. They got nowhere. And, like, I felt like it was just them trying to pander to, like, the whole, like, mental health movement of, like, hey, like, let's let's be considerate of people's mental health issues. Which is fine, but, like, the whole episode was about that. And, like, it was not craftily, like, weaved into the story whatsoever. And I was just like, that was a waste and a stupid episode. Um, six point and Drew, chime in at any time event if I'm missing. Just anything. keep going. Uh, six six point eleven, the holding. This is where that we get introduced to this new psycho cult group about the the end is the beginning, and they live underground and all this crap, and they have like a Teddy. Walker. Yeah, we meet this guy Teddy, and there's all these embalmed bodies that are like embalmed zombies. Um, again, just kind of like all right, where. Where are they going with this? This almost feels well, like a terminus thing. Like, you know. here, yeah, and here, and I will chime in here. The fact that like Alicia and all those guys like voluntarily went down to this like cellar, 
Yeah. Uh, under, or under bait, like under, under, and they like play patty cake with each other for like the entire episode. But it's kind of just like you don't think you're gonna die. Like, who are you trusting? Like, you're yeah, trusting, why are you these, trusting these people? Yeah, it made no sense. It was just, and then it was like this big shock when they were like bad people. It made it made absolutely zero and sense. And they got out except for Alicia. Alicia got like captured. Uh, which also made no sense because like she lit the embalmed walkers on fire. So like, how did they get to her? How did she not have time to then escape out of the same door that everybody else escaped? Made no sense. Zero sense. A, lo- a lot of um, continuity issues with that. With, with a lot of stuff here. So- and even like, but and even with the bad guys there, it's like a- a- after she ridiculously like escaped getting a imbo- like a bomb embalmed while she was alive, and then killed that guy. Like when you just put a bullet in her head at that point, be like, yeah, this yeah. chick's probably more trouble than she's worth. We and probably then, need to kill and her. And what's his name? I what's his uh, not Heath. What what's the guy's name? Seth or whatever. His brother was down there. The the paint. Oh, that- I, that's my what's like my secret favorite character after Morgan. I forget his name. What, is it is it Wes? It's Wes's brother. Wes. Yeah. yeah. His brother was down there, and his brother was brainwashed. And like, I'm like, okay, this is. Like it was kind of well done, but at the same time it was kinda of like how many like coincidences are we gonna have here of like just like random people's like brothers? Didn't he have to kill him too? Well yeah, well that, and, was, that was kind of well done. Well and his and his brother his brother was part of the attack on uh Gastown and knew he was there and was gonna and was more than happy to have him die anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was strange. Six point twelve in dreams. That's the one where Grace is going in and out of consciousness and having all these dreams about that daughter who's like this 16. one put me over the edge and she's like she somehow she's like what 16 years into the future and morgan's like an old man and yeah and then but morgan in the meanwhile is like moving her around in a wheelbarrow being chased by the bad guys because they're trying to get the key as you pointed out how did they how did they know that morgan had a key yeah so morgan and morgan gets this key Unless it's just like so, unless Morgan gets this key in the first half of uh, the se- of uh, season six, when he gets into like a car crash with a bunch of randos who I guess you're supposed to assume are part of Virginia's crew, and he kills them because obviously why wouldn't he? And he takes this key off them. Like the only explanation I can have that they knew Morgan Jones's name and that he had the key, which is absurd, is that. They're listening on the the same radios, but like, when would Morgan have been like, "Hey guys, I found this key." Like, right. <laughs> why? Why is it something that would be transmitted over the radio? Uh, I don't know. The hallucination stuff was stupid. I was just like, "What's going on?" I was like, I would have much rather seen her struggling, like going into labor with Morgan, trying to like get away from these guys, than like this nonsense dream of like her like fake daughter and everything going on yeah so she loses the baby which was heartbreaking that was yeah yeah um so that it's kind of like i I was reading some stuff about it and some people were like well that was kind of like a cop out on like you know the whole baby situation and like but i don't know maybe that was their intention all along i I don't know it was kind of like oh well why is it a cop out well, because like like you said, they 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 could have had so much more struggle and like complications about giving birth in the apocalypse and having a baby in the apocalypse. But like they oh, just kind of was like, oh, let's just have bad guys chase them around and have her have a miscarriage, which honestly isn't that bad. Other than like 
the whole weird thing with the key and like. Why well, did and I, I, I just not that I just meant well done, but like I just like, meant the dream thing. It almost became a side. It almost became a side plot. Like, yeah, and like thing. I didn't I I didn't mean like I I thought I thought it was fine. Like the miscarriage, because I mean that probably is what would happen in the zombie apocalypse after you're running around exactly. and like, all the stuff that, going that on. That part of it wasn't so bad because that probably is what would happen. When like just the hallucination stuff was just so dumb. Like how did she even know what these people looked like in this dream when like she'd she never seen them? <laughs> it, I it just made no sense. And then they were walkers for some reason. I just was like, what? This is so dumb. I was like, I kind of hope you and the kid die now because this is stupid. Um, but then it was the fact that like them more like that guy like the, the guy See, didn't. It have would have been cooler if they did like a Lori and they like cut the baby out of her and it was just like a yeah. call back to Lori. Yeah, that but then like, wild. but then like the guy was attacking them didn't have a gun, which is like okay. Yeah, then why he goes, did Morgan let him go? But that yeah, but then and then he goes back to get a gun and then like Morgan didn't even leave. Like I just was like, what? What's happening? Yeah, that was sloppy. That was very sloppy. Well, he killed all the other guys, so it's like except for uh, him. Yeah, it's like is there any reason why you're gonna not kill this guy? Yeah, I don't know. That was, uh, and and I binged these last four episodes in the last twenty eight hours. Um, so it's yeah, it was one like what after another. Keep going. Six thirteen J D. Uh, apparently one of the Carradines, I, I forget which one, but, uh, is, uh, John's dad. John, oh, like this was amazing. John Dory Sr. This so, was so amazing. Was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, again, I'm just like, okay, so this is like a thing that just got introduced like five episodes ago and now we got his dad and then he, you know, he meets June and June tells him about how John died and all this stuff. Da da da. And then. John Dory Sr. explains how Teddy was like a serial killer in a previous life, and he put him behind bars and all this stuff. Um, and it's just, I, I'm just, at this point, I'm just kind of like, okay, where are they going with this? Because, like, well, they just keep adding <laughs> characters and, like, like adding in layers of, like, bad, like the bad guy's backstory. And it was just kind of like, okay, guys, we're getting down to, like, the last three episodes. Like, where the hell are you taking this? I love how like well, first of all I love that actor he's Petty's he Petty's dad from Big Bang Theory. Uh, yeah, one of the Carradine also, brothers. Well, I guess the one that's still alive. Yeah, and he's also <laughs> he, he also played. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, he also played a really good. Uh, he was a really good character in Dexter. Um, I I was just like, wait, so you're telling me that like just randomly like his dad's here, like. I know, they've, right? They've been in the same area all this yeah, time. Exact, and dude. Exactly. I'm glad you you said this. They've never I, stumbled. I, they've never stumbled on each other. It just. Happened. I was trying to downplay that, but like exactly. Don't, no, no. no. Well, that's why I they've would, been well, in the same region for, like, just and they just haven't crossed paths. Like, what the? What do we? My texts oh. were great. I was like, oh my god, please tell me this is his dad. Please tell. Oh my god, it's his dad. This is great. This is so awesome. Oh my god, because it was after just like, he dies. Do they do they stumble? It was just so him. ridiculous. And then like, and then what? So then after, and he basically made it seem like he was still tr he was tracking Teddy after all these years. So like, so what did he do? Go to the jail that was overrun by zombies and see that he wasn't dead. How you would even know that? Because, like. You know what I mean? How would you even know that anyway? Like, how have you been tracking this guy? Like, what were, in the middle of the zombie apocalypse? You didn't, you didn't, you don't, you don't care to go see if maybe your like ex-wife and son are alive, but you're like keeping Track. tabs on this. You're keeping tabs on this dude. Oh, oh dude. Very well said. Keep going. So, so Keep bizarre. Going. Six, Keep. Six fourteen. Mother was the name of the episode. And that's the one where Alicia meets. So Alicia's a prisoner with Dakota, 
and they meet um, some of the stadium survivors. I didn't and, remember any one of those people. No, no, n- me either. Not a one. Didn't remember a one of them because they they've reintroduced characters and changed the plot seven times in these six seasons, and they um, you know, they were like, oh, Alicia, oh, okay, they ended up being turncoats, whatever. And Teddy was like, oh, Alicia, like, this is why I wanted you to be, like, the leader of the new world. And so then they, that's when they, like, tell them that they're going to launch these nukes. And you're yeah. like, okay, what? Like, the key, that's when you learn, like, the key turns, uh, what, like, the codes or, like, like the, these two keys launch nuclear weapons off of this submarine, which is what? In the middle of a desert? Is that right, Sure. Drew? Yeah. Like, what the hell? So then... I, again, it's just, just I, I did not understand anything about this, um, but they they somehow like get to this submarine because um, that one guy who's in the cult used to work there, and that's why they needed the other key. Blah blah blah. So now they're gonna go to this submarine and launch these nukes. And they I think they lock up Alicia at the end of this episode so they could go launch so she could be the leader once things come back. And they could go launch these nukes. Um, uh, and they dug up his mother, which actually wasn't his mother. Uh, so strange. Uh, sure. But the only thing that I thought was more ridiculous is that is like why Alicia would trust the code. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, you've you you killed that person at the camp. You killed John Dory. Like, I'm not really sure why you're gonna trust that girl. But sure, okay. Yeah. Okay, episode 615 is called the USS Pennsylvania. Is that the um, name of the boat? Yeah. And um, that's when they, like, um, more or less, like, are all the good guys somehow find the nuclear sub, which I don't know how. Well, Morgan knew where it was, I think. How? Didn't I think I thought Morgan saw it earlier in the season. How? Maybe he didn't. All right, maybe he didn't. Do they have a map? I don't know. Well, I thought Morgan just stumbled upon it, like when Something he like a got. Map. <laughs> that was the only cool part of this of this whole binge, like the that opening scene when they all like crowd together before they yeah. went in the submarine. That was yeah, that. so then they like they find the submarine and they go and they navigate their way through, and Strand like says like, "Oh, we're not gonna make it, so screw this. I'm gonna go save myself." But then they do make it. So, but then they're too late, and they launch they launch these nuclear weapons, and for whatever reason, Morgan just lets ev- all the bad guys go again, and it's it's just they're just in the submarine after the the bombs are launched, and voila, the bad guys walk off, and the bombs are launched, and Morgan's on the radio telling every how did the radio work by the way because it wasn't working before that, but it worked from the control room. And and went like far and wide. It was a magic, magic walkie-talkie. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, just such crap. Well, what yeah. was what was hilarious was Morgan. Apparently, I guess a freshwalker goes after Morgan. It's just one, one of them. And Morgan can't. It's overpowering Morgan, and he's yelling for someone to shoot it. Like that's at the top of the submarine. Like he went down the ladder. So clearly, someone's gonna have pinpoint accuracy here and not hit him. Um, so he struggles with this one walker, and then when Strand, God, he's, he's, I love him, but man, what a shitbag. He is just the ultimate shitbag, survive at all costs, dude, cost dude, oh, God, Victor. Um, 
he like basically pushes Morgan into a horde to save himself, and like McMorgan's literally being held down by like five walkers who apparently these walkers aren't strong, and for some reason he's not getting bitter scratched. I <laughs> yeah, terrible. <laughs> like, how does that even happen? Like, but that one stray walker who came in him and Eastman somehow was able to take out Eastman. <sighs> God. <laughs> My God. Anyway. So yeah. then we get to the the finale six sixteen called the beginning because the end is the beginning, um, and again the nukes are, are are launched and the whole time you're sitting there thinking, okay like so how they like are they gonna be duds the the nuclear like how are they gonna stop them like is there gonna be some override? No no guess what we have friggin' nuclear bombs in the zombie apocalypse like. Like, because the zombie apocalypse wasn't enough, we needed yeah. to have a nuclear apocalypse as well. And yeah. so, like, half of these people are exposed. By the way, I love the Dakota death because we I, I re this little girl anyway. I rewatched it at the gym, and you were right. I, I, I must have turned my head at the first shot of her, and so I missed, like, the actual explosion being so close. But, so, yeah. So, so she kills this guy, Teddy, who is the cult leader. John Dory Sr. in June, who they should just start hooking up. Uh, they go down. Wouldn't that? Like, wouldn't that? Wouldn't that be something? They go down. And she has she has a baby, and they name it John. Oh, that'd be <laughs> weird. Um, but what if it's like a Shane Laurie situation? She was already knocked up by the son. Keep going. So the baby would be like a dad dad grandpa thing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So the. The bomb, the nuclear bomb, the Dakota is like, yeah, they're like, yeah, Dakota. I guess you can't. What they say, you can't come down with us or whatever. No, they wanted they 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 wanted her to come down. They wanted her to, which is ridiculous. And it's like, yeah, uh, yeah they're, so. they're like, you, well, you can be forgiven. And she's like, no, I want a front row seat. And the and the nuclear bomb goes off close to her and just turns her to a pillar of ash, a mannequin of ash. Yeah. Insane. What a death. Just standing there. It yeah, was awesome. just frozen in place, and just so good. So, but again, like Morgan and and what's her name, Grace, and what the baby who came on the zombie, like, are just and the poor they just dog. go under a tank, and they're somehow protected from all this nuclear radiation. Strand meets some dude, who I've seen that guy in something. I don't know what I've seen him in, but like, they survive and Strand. Why? All why? Of a sudden, why did? Like, why? Yeah, why didn't the nuclear blast come anywhere near where they Through were? Through the window? Uh, oh, a piece of glass protects nuclear radiation, apparently. I don't know. The, it, it made zero sense. But, like, so my biggest gripe, though, is, like, I, I'm pretty sure that this series is, like, a year or two behind, like, the other ones. Maybe more, but yeah. So, like, that means in the other ones, we've been living in nuclear fallout for how many years now? Like a At couple? least seven. At least seven. No, I don't think that's seven. I think it's like two. Okay. We don't. Uh, but it's just like, like not not only did you screw up Fear of the Walking Dead multiple times over, yeah. But you've now made a decision that really, if you're being true to oh, I don't know, like nuclear science, should be having major impacts on the other series, which I joked that maybe. <laughs> Maybe yeah. like Ezekiel in in the main series Walking Dead has it has a tumor in his neck and he has cancer in his neck. I said maybe that's maybe that came from this and which made you just crack up. 
Um, oh yeah, I was dying. So uh, like I just I, I've never. This is by far the most schizophrenic, disjointed back like half of a season of any series I've ever seen. It is just so wacky and so bizarre. All the stuff that they've done in with this series in the back and from six point eight to six point sixteen. I, I, it's hard to wrap your head around, and they've just totally scuttled and and like, uh, like undermined the main series of The Walking Dead. That I just I can't even believe it. Like it's it's insane. I would lo- I, I would I would love to be in like that that uh creative writing room to be like see what 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 are you guys thinking? Like, exactly, what? that's what I said. How how does that leave? Like this, like that table where everyone's like spitballing, like oh, this can be great. like making pitches and stuff. Like, how does that leave that table? That makes zero. Like that is that is nonsensical. That like let's have nuclear bombs go off in the zombie apocalypse. Oh, uh, don't forget the CRM showed up and saved half the people. That happened, which is fine because you're gonna start to get crossovers. But like, yeah, how it. That's that's ins- it's just insane. That that I guess that chopper was fast enough that the uh, the blast didn't impact that, and they exactly. would, would, wouldn't have knocked out the power or anything of it. Um, so, Drew, there's only one other note of just ridiculousness that I wanted to point out, and it, it's kind of woven throughout all the episodes. But this whole time, like that that bitch Sherry is just saying is like like friggin' Dwight has traversed half of the country to come find her and against all the odds has found her and she's like yeah i don't know she's like i i have too much going on mentally i i really need to get back in negan before you and i could be a thing yeah what? Was, at least you know uh, negan's, negan's alive like what what are you yeah. talking about oh it's just that that drove me nuts and finally yeah. at the end she did have a mea culpa of like i've been such an idiot you've been right here in front of me the whole time and now this nuclear bomb da 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 any, so she did like like own up to it, but like oh my gosh, what a what an annoying like side plot that was the entire season. Yeah, yeah. Well, there. What's crazy is like they're also exposed because like those. Like, I love how those storm doors that they ripped off. Some the horse ripped off, by the way, which is hilarious. Um, that like those things apparently didn't just blow right off in the blast. Like those, like the off the hinges. Theoretically, this, they were holding them down with that rope. But like you're gonna have sure. to exit exit the storm cellar at some point into the nuclear fallout. Like it's it's awesome. It's so good, dude. Um, real quick. So yeah, I that. <laughs> Oh, this show is just, it had so much promise that first those first seven episodes when Morgan came on it and they just they realized like the story they were telling was so bad that they just needed to start from scratch. And with like the vultures or whatever it was, like just the way they did that was so good. And I was like, Oh man, like the show's gonna be good. Like, okay, cool. Because, like Walking Dead was getting so stagnant, it's like, all right, we got this. And no. No. It was almost no. like it was it's almost like it was too good and nobody was complaining and Gipple's like, Well nobody's hit me up on Twitter, so maybe I need to really stir shit up here. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's like, oh, I've gained back all my equity with the fans. Now it's time to let my creativity yeah. take over and it's like no. And real real quick for you why I laugh at the timeline. Just just to be on the same page. So a year and a half passed after the war with the Saviors. Okay? A year and a half. Saviors, okay. When Rick Grimes dies, well, quote unquote dies, that okay. th- that was a year and a half. Okay. 
after that episode, they time jumped five years. All right. I was so, thinking seven years. For, no, it was five. It was well, that was it was five from that point. So they, year, they year and a half plus five. That's almost seven. I guess. Yeah. Right? So we're at six. Okay. We're at six. We're at six and a half years. Okay. And as all this stuff, at least two years have gone by now, right? You got to think, or at least a year, another year through like the probably another year. So probably seven and a half. To all eight, right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let yeah let's let's say we're at eight years. This fear the walk, fear the Walking Dead. And how much time was between the initial fall of society and uh, the war with the saviors? Like, uh, I don't know. Call it two years. I mean, two it depends. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how old Judith was, right? So yeah, let's just call so, it two. So or three. Judith is probably like ten or eleven now, right? Yeah. Like ten. Yeah, we'll so, say that. Okay. So okay. And like fear, like remember fear, fear. High School Musical was ten years after the fall, right? Yes. And so, fear the, so so yeah. High School Musical is like probably a oh, year behind the main one, a year ahead. The main, year, yeah, no, it'd be like, no. it, that's not what we just said. Well, she's te- well, no, no, it's probably, no, it's almost the same time because she's because te- she's ten. Right, I think they're behind by by like six or six or twelve months on okay. High School Musical. They're, all right, cool. But they're they're close though. Yes. Um, okay. And now Fear the Walking Dead, right? Morgan Morgan left right after the Savior War, so this yeah. is before the year and a half jump. Year so, and a half, and then five years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like this whole time that Morgan's been on Fear the Walking Dead, he's been Dead, there like made, what a year or two? Two years, like call it two years tops. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's, there's, a, it's like five, five year gap. Yeah, yeah. It's like five, six years between this and where Walking Dead is. So yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not like a year. It's, it's a big gap. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So. Just so while tr- Daryl was out in the woods with uh, Leah and all those other people, this is when the nuclear bombs went off. Which yeah, they're in what Virginia? Yes, and and they're in what Texas? Texas? Yeah. So I mean, it's within what like four hundred miles of each other with all these nuclear bombs going off, <laughs> and multiple nuclear warheads. Carol said, "Well, I mean, Carol sailing 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 around on that boat." I guess I guess Michonne and that herd of people she's walking with, they're uh, they're they're nuked. <clears throat> whatever so good so so good all right let's take a deep breath i I think i think we've covered just the ridiculousness that 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 they've screwed the pooch on this by now so yes (sighs) okay deep breath let me take a sip come on bring it back okay shifting away from that we did our top five mothers for mothers top five we are back Doing another that was a great voice crack. We are back doing another top five. Top five fathers for Father's Day this upcoming Sunday. Um So again, shows and movies, uh not a lot of rules. Um let's just let's just get into it. Um who usually goes first, me or you? Uh, I think we usually uh go off and on, but I'll I'll go first. Okay. So I'm probably cheating here, so I might have to pick one. But you can, you can, you can be the call on this. I'm, I'm going with Jerry Stiller, so Ben Stiller's father, for his roles as Frank Costanza on Seinfeld and Arthur Spooner on King of Queens. Nice. Since he's basically the same character in both of them, I just I'll, did. He, I'll allow it. I'll uh, allow it. Yes, like it. yes. So him playing the dad, he's dude. He's. I think King of Queens is one of the most underrated comedies of all time. Like I, I anytime that's that's on like random channels throughout the week, I'm always putting that show on. He's great, and he was great in Seinfeld. Uh, I mean, Festivus. Uh, 
Yeah, top that, notch. That, that that probably takes it on fe- the Festivus. Yeah. Yeah, it was so. Uh, yeah, so good. So. All right. Go get him a bra. Uh, what do you know about bras, George? Uh, I wasn't so a big good. Seinfeld guy, which I don't hate it or anything. I just, I just, know, I finally, I finally started. Like once we got Hulu, I finally Seinfeld's on there. I'm watching it in order because I feel like I've seen all the episodes, but I've never seen them in order. And so I'm on season five now. So it just it, it's got a good flow. Gotcha. What do you got a five? Ha! Huh. This was honestly kind of hard. I had a lot of honorable mentions, which I'll get into, but. I landed on um, Liam Neeson in Taken. Ooh. Um, I just kind of figured, like, you know what? If this guy's, if your dad's willing to just, like, go international and just hunt people down and just murk just, like, all these, like, dozens of dudes to save you, like, that's a pretty good dad. So, uh, went with Liam Neeson in Taken. I mean, on that point, I'd probably argue Bob Odenkirk and nobody. I mean, he went ape shit just to get his daughter's kitty cat bracelet, bracelet back. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, who's your number four? Uh, number four, man, Walter White. I knew it. Walter knew White. It. You know what? I'm team, I don't care. I was team Walter to the day, spoiler alert, the day he died. I don't care. Nobody could any People could say whatever bad stuff he wanted, man. That guy, he's, he's dying on his deathbed. He's, you know, Cooking, cooking meth and messing with drug dealers just to get cash for his family and. Yeah, but if it, he eventually became more. I like, did it for me. He, yeah, exactly. He did it. For but me. I don't care. He was great. I, I, I mean, I, I, I had him in my like in between. I, I had a, a list of like in betweeners. Um, so that's that's funny. You had him at number four. So that's I mean, cool. he went, he went, he went, he went, he went and got Walter Jr. that big pizza. Then it ended up on the roof. Then he had to go clean it. Love Walter White. <laughs> uh, all right. My number four from Urkel, Carl Winslow, Reginald uh, Vell Johnson. Um, that's a good call. I mean, I, I I was not sure whether or not he belonged in there. He obviously a great TV dad, but he was a cop. So, I mean, like, you got to give him the bonus points for being a cop. So that he was, was uh, he was an honorable mention for me because I went I, I went one movie, one movie person. So I had I had to knock him out. Okay, gotcha. Um, all right, who's your number three? Uh, my number three, Uncle Phil, Philip Banks from Fresh wow. Prince, of, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I love that. I'm, Fresh Prince is one of my favorite shows. And I know, I know, because Will Smith's the main character. It's like, oh, Uncle Phil, but I mean, he was Carlton's dad and basically Will's dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was, he was tremendous. He passed away a few years ago. It was, you yes. know, it sucked. Um, but yeah, he was, he was awesome in that show. Like. Uh, it was so good. I really, uh, really good pick. I like that one. Yeah, that, yeah. He, I, I, when I was doing my own, when I was trying to see between him and uh, Winslow, I was like, ah, Uncle Uncle Phil's the guy. Him throwing him throwing Jazzy Jeff out the out the house every time what? he made it. I, I, yeah, that was <laughs> every great. time he made a move on Hillary, it's like ah, I gotta give it to Straight him. Out the window, yeah. So all right, my number two and my number three, I flip flop back and forth. Um, so they're a little bit interchangeable. But for number three, I'm gonna land on this. Bo Bennett, no, not the hockey player. Bo Bennett, which was played by Sam Elliott on The Ranch. Okay. I just, he just the way he just cut a tough love, cussed out his sons, but you know when push came to shove, you know, and uh, he, he was he was always there for them, and he he did he did express himself, uh, you know, the right way. I I just I mean it's freaking Sam Elliott, uh, you know what I mean? Like it's so good. Um. So I had to go Bo Bennett. 
That's a good pick. I just didn't like the show. What? You didn't like the ranch? It was all right. I mean, we talked you just about didn't it. Like, like the ending. Yeah, I mean, I Kutcher was yeah, it was fine. I mean, he was amazing. I love Bo Bennett. I, I mean, Rooster was great and the kill. Yeah, whatever. But I, yeah, that's a good call. I mean, he's Sam Elliott's great and everything. Yeah. Uh, my number two. It's a little. It's a little out there, but uh, Robin Williams playing Daniel Hillard in Mrs. Doubtfire takes my number two. Good job. I had it as my honorable mention, and I almost had it in mind. So good job. I wa- any any time that sh- that movie's on, man, I watch it. And, and even, even when you, he was amazing. And like the whole thing, I was like, dude, he just wanted to spend time with his kids and be with his kids. Like, exactly. uh, he's even to the to the core of the the Father's Day. Uh, I'm I'm giving it to to Robin Williams there. And he was so, so good. Uh, so did he was so good? good. Yeah. So no, good. I I I have no argument with that one. Um, had a, I almost had it in mind, but I had it as an honorable, honorable mention. Um, so my number two, and I don't know if I'm going to get love or hate for this one, but um, Danny Tanner is Bob Saget. <laughs> Bob uh, Saget's the man. It was just, he's just so wholesome. He's just like, you just watch, and, and my daughter loves watching the old full houses now, so I've been watching them recently, and I'm just like, He's just, I mean, guy with three girls, you know, so he's like, you know, he's, he's, he, but he's into baseball and sports and stuff, but like, and also just lets his like best friend and, and his, uh, his, uh, whatever Jesse is, his, is it his brother? It was his brother-in-law, his wife is, yeah, it was his, Jesse was his wife's brother who died his, bro- right, his wife exactly. who passed away yes his wife who passed away brother yeah they just let them all shack up in this giant san fran mansion uh or whatever the heck that well was. i mean they're they're there to help him raise the girls they're not just like mooching off them <laughs> well jesse didn't have a job jesse was was, he was trying a musician. to get gigs yeah yeah he was trying to get gigs and joey didn't have a steady job he was trying to get gigs he was a comedian exactly like uh, he was trying to get I gotcha. Gigs. Yeah, dude, I'm just saying. One. I've been watching them recently. Like they were both trying to get gigs. Yeah, the girl, like he had three girls, so he was, and just him, just you know, being a neat freak as well. Was having three kids myself. I appreciate. I pre- I see you, Danny. I see you there, Bob Saget. So, uh dude, I, I like rewatch rewatching it, and and at the time, I always loved the show and loved Bob Saget, Danny Tanner. But like, look, I, I appreciate it even more now. Isn't it crazy that uh, the woman that Jesse marries in that show is like in like jail now for some crazy shit? Yeah, which is just honestly that's the most bizarre thing in the world to me. Yeah. It's like, oh, so we're gonna pretend that like celebrities buying their way out of the rules is like such a crime now? Like, oh, like oh, they donated to the to the university and so their kids could get in. Like, oh, such a crime against humanity. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever, I don't that's care. Funny. Whatever, that's uh, funny. That's just my uh, yeah. It, it Lori Lachlan. It just it's just strange. Yeah, hundred percent. I just I saw it. I saw it. I saw I saw it on a mag uh, one of those like magazines that they have in the food stores at Wegmans. I saw. I was like, wait, she's in jail? Yeah, because she paid. She she like somehow there was some kind of cheating or like pay for play scandal where that's how her kid got into like USC or something. And it's like, it's from they, she, she like paid to, for them to say that she had a rowing scholarship. I'm like, why don't you just pay for her to go? <laughs> what are the standards? Like, you can't. Ju- you're a celebrity. You can't just walk up and say like, hey, 
I'll make a $250,000 donation if you let my daughter in or like it, it was the whole thing was so strange to me like look if I'm the dean of any university I'd be like hell alright whatever like cut me a check we'll let your daughter take classes here right <laughs> well, I don't understand the controversy like whatever I don't know man it didn't make a whole lot of sense yeah yeah anyway what was your number one uh f- Phil Dunphy, played by Ty Burrell, and uh, I knew you were gonna go there. I, I, I love him, man. I just he's and it was caught really, up in all the seasons of that show. I actually I watched the last three because I was behind. Like, I hadn't watched them in years, and I watched the last thing on Hulu about two months ago. Um, and it's funny because I, I watch every every time a show goes off the air, they always do like a half hour special on CBS or NBC, whatever it was on ABC, and uh, they wrote that role for Ty. But like the actual like cre- like the actual like studio were like we don't get him we don't want him <laughs> he almost, so he almost didn't get it because they were just like yeah we don't think this dude's funny what what do you why do you want him in this show and like the the creators like begged him begged them to be like can we can we just shoot some scenes of the pilot with him and you'll you'll get it and they did and then that's how he ended up on the show but he almost he almost didn't get the role that they specifically wrote for him that's funny um. Side note: That guy was in the remake of Dawn of the Dead, where they're in like stuck in a, in a shopping mall with zombies, like fast running zombies, and he films a uh, self porno with a girl before he became famous as Phil Dunphy. Also, side note: He was uh, Nick Cage's wife's like fake boyfriend in National Treasure Two. The guy oh, that, that the guy that the guy that. Uh, like worked in the White House, and that's how yeah, they yeah. got it. That's how they got in there. Yeah, forgot about that. So. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, here's my thing. I read this somewhere, and where it was like, shows have stopped writing dads as like the strong, powerful, like moral influence leader of the family, and uh, wrote them in as just like the dummy idiot that everyone just laughs at of the family. And like, I read that. And like Phil Dunphy is the persona, like like the hundred percent of that, and I'm just like, it like prevented my my uh, prevented me from like fully embracing the character. And well, it's interesting because I mean, uh, what's his name? The guy who played Al Bundy's in the show, and he's the opposite of that. So it's not like uh, I I don't think I wonder if that's somewhat. Like, he's still kind of like a it come across as an idiot a little bit, but like and, I'm just thinking like. Like, uh, um, uh, I can't even think of his name, but like Tool Time. Yeah, but that but that was like twenty years. Oh, Tim Taylor. But that was like twenty years ago. You're saying like that? You, an article said that that's what they're starting to do now. More no, with, like, no, well, the that's, dads? that's the way it's gone. Not starting to do. I don't know. Where yeah, like I mean, all the they, dads uh, are just like bumbling fools that like get laughed at. Not like, not like Leave It to Beaver and stuff. Or like the dads, like the. Like is this just the comedies? I'm just I'm interested in this article. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I say, have they have they have they watched Yellowstone? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, <coughs> my number one, um, Uncle Phil, James Avery, uh, nice. played by James Avery. So nice. Uh, I, I, if I'm thinking of a TV dad or even a movie dad, whatever, my number one, if I had to have him, would be Uncle Phil. He he's he provides comedy, but also again, he's. Just the strong presence of the moral compass of, like, Will, this is not the way you do things. Like, you should not have done that, and here's what you should have done, and I'm very disappointed. 
And it's he was always just that like ah like dad's right, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, so but my, also my... was very funny and like you said, just like Jazzy Jeff just like throwing his ass out the door. Oh my gosh, so funny. Yeah, my two my two favorite scenes with him were it's it shows both of those sides. One was uh, when when Will and Carlton get in trouble in the pool hall, and like Will like owes oh, this guy, this guy hustles him, and then Uncle Phil comes in and plays a game like a bumble yeah, idiot, and then, he, and then he and then he goes to Jeffrey, Jeffrey, break out Lucille, <laughs> he pulls he pulls out like, a full cue, and then and he, we, we, Uncle Phil's like eating a sandwich in one hand, and then knocking balls in with the yeah. other, uh, and then the just the epic scene where Will's dad shows up after all those years, and then. Uh, yeah. They're just they're sitting there, and he just he's just listening to Will telling him he's like, yeah, he's not coming, and Will's just going on and on, and he's just like, why doesn't he want me? And then just gives him the big hug, man. Like oh. That, ugh. I'm, I'll, I'm oh, like I, I might cry, right I might cry, I might cry, I might cry when we're done talking the pot after that scene. <laughs> oh. It was just so, dude, that's so strong. Oh, so yeah. stout. Oh, so good. No, exactly. That's why he's my number one. That's why he's my number one. That, I I forgot about that scene until you just said it. Oh, so good. Um. All right, quickly, because we always like to keep these under two hours, which we've only we've only bumped up against it once or twice. So, a lot um, of boxing. Yeah, it was a lot of boxing this week. To talk about. There was a lot of everything. Um, yeah. My honorable mentions: John Amos as um, James Evans Senior in Good Times, the dad from Wonder Years, who wasn't always present, but when they did give him screen time, was pretty good. Uh, McConaughey from Interstellar. I, I the whole scene <laughs> where he comes. You love back, that movie. I really do, and, I, and where he comes back and he's actually younger than his daughter who's dying, I, I, that fascinated me. That scene, Mel Gibson from Signs was was interesting. Yeah. Uh, I had Mrs. Doubtfire, and I mean, well, again, one of my favorite Christmas movies, but I couldn't get it in there. Clark Griswold, uh, and then and then the guys in the middle I had is Walter White. John Dutton I had in the middle, wasn't sure which way to go, and Al Bundy wasn't sure which if they were good or bad dads, but. Um, just wanted to bring those up as well. And then I actually, we almost went with worst five dads and, um, the, I only came up with three, but Darth Vader, terrible father, uh, Marty bird. I don't know how anybody could objectively say he's a good dad in, um, I'm kind of mad. I'm mad. I didn't put him on the good dad list. Marty Shit. bird. Yeah. I love Marty bird. <laughs> oh man. And then, uh, the dad from Sandlot was just terrible. Oh, how do you, anyway. Uh, we'll 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 have to get into it. We'll get into an Ozark next time the next season comes out. I don't I don't agree with that. He at all. got his family totally embroiled in his uh, uh, money laundering. He didn't want to. He didn't even want to do it. His wife basically pushed him in and said, "Yeah, let's do this. We can do this." Like what do you mean? He, like that? He was he was in it initially without her, and then at, once no, she he wasn't. Of, he didn't thought, want to. Do, I, no, I once she learned of it, that's when she was like, "Oh, let's push it to the next level." No, dude. Like, I have to no. go back and watch season one. But yeah, no, they, they, yeah, they. That, I, yeah. He was the one that got with those partners, wasn't it? it they were like was, Marty. He, Marty, make the numbers work. Marty was Marty was a hundred percent like, no, we shouldn't do this. And his loose count partner was like, ah, we should definitely do it. And then the what do you call it? I forget his name now, but um, the guy who they. Uh, yeah, Dory. I remember the scene now. You're right. She blows off his head. Yeah, like he was like, well, let me just take you out to the country club for the weekend. And then he's he's sitting there, and the wife's like, "I mean, you could be smart about it. Like you're just doing the numbers. Like you're not you're not doing you're not killing anybody." And so she talks him into it, and all he's doing after that is trying to keep them safe, and no one will friggin' listen to him. 
maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Um, but anyway, all right. My was that all your honorable mentions? Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of nobody listens to me. Tommy Shelby was on there for me. He was um, a good dad for you. Sure, why not? <laughs> he handed his kid to a bunch of kidnappers. I mean, you're okay if you're gonna say it like that, and it's not actually what happened. <laughs> but he handed he handed like he handed his he handed the baby to one of the maids, who then apparently gave it to one of the kidnappers. Any hoodles, uh, Tommy Shelby, uh, Al Bundy, Carl Winslow, and I couldn't remember what the character's name was, but uh, I was a big Step by Step fan. Maybe it was just the song, or uh, Suzanne Suzanne Summers was super roll tide. But uh, yeah. Patrick Duffy as the dad, I thought he yeah. was really good in that. Um, those are just oh. the four. Those are the four that I had. Step by step, day, day, day by day, day by day. day. Da, 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 da. Different hands of play. I totally just made those up. Awesome. And the boy, the boy beats world dad was pretty good too. Did I say that out loud? No, you didn't say that. Oh damn it! I, I, I forgot was his name. About it. I just did he die on the sh- Did he die on the show? I don't think. I can't. But remember. He, he and the mom were kind of like co like co equals on that, which so, which not for nothing, but I mean, yeah, whatever. Like Mr. Feeney was just as much. As I was, I, I was gonna say we gotta we gotta we gotta get a, we gotta figure out a top five for a list that we can get Mr. Feeney on. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, on that note, let's keep this under two hours. Drew, as per usual, good talk. See you out there. Big kisses. Sit down. Pull you that first round. You got an open count. Toss it out. Everybody's cold right now. Stir up the crowd Get you that second round Go on and throw it out Talk about anything that makes you get loud